Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Dan Zatofsky. I've been like working on getting Dan on the show for, I don't know, at least a half a year, a little bit anyway. <laughs> we finally put it all together anyway. Uh, for people who don't know who Dan is, Dan, give us a a little bit of your background, uh, who you are, and uh, maybe your story, how you got to what you're doing, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into it. Well, I'll try to condense this version because that's really you know when I speak at events <laughs> or in my book. In my book, it's that's that's the big thing about us, and that's why it's called passive to prosperous. Yeah, we, we focus on living the passive in, income life, living a prosperous lifestyle. But I'm in the industry now 30 years. I just can't I can't believe you say it that long. I've been arrested 30 years. Um, I own Zatowski Capital Management, which is uh, my investment vehicle uh, where we raise capital to buy to buy debt um, and create passive income. And I also own Passive uh, Wealth Academy, which is our training program uh, where we, we educate people on a couple of things, raising private capital, how to build a $10,000 a month rental portfolio, seller financing, becoming a bank subject to um, and now we also run uh, a really great mastermind. Uh, right now we have about 50 people in our mastermind. We're probably going to pump it to about 100. And, uh, and then, you know, teaching people everything about the business. Um, so that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but for, I'm going to cut you off. Uh, your yeah. book, you got an audio version of that or is it only? Cut? I do. I have audio and video. It's called Passive to Prosperous. I have audio and hardcover. It's called Passive to Prosperous. You can go on Amazon and grab it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to grab it because I, I run a book club too. So maybe I'll check it out and okay. I'll do it for our book club in the next couple months. Yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, really focus when you do it. The important part, the book is actually, and I'm not, not to, not to, you know, pat myself on the back, not to, not to impress you, impress upon you. Um, that the first, the first part of my book is so important because it tells you my why, why do I do what I do? Right. Cause everybody's out there chasing, chasing the mighty dollar. When I say chasing the dollar, I always tell people it's really sexy to get a $40,000 check on a flip, a fix and flip. It's not as sexy to do that over a four to, let's say four or $500 a month on a rental property, right? Or a sell a finance note. But when you can do the rental property, sell a finance note without much in headaches over time, and you can do a couple of hundred of them, it gets pretty damn sexy and allows you to live the lifestyle that most people want to live. So when you ask people what their vision is or the goal are, the goal is why are you involved in real estate investing? Like why deal with it? Why deal with the headaches? Well, I say because I don't want the nine to five. I want I want to retire my spouse. I want to have a retirement or I want to build a legacy for my family. You do those type of deals, and ultimately you're not really doing that. What you're doing is you're just creating another job for yourself. Yep. So their actions, you know, their vision is this. They say I want to do this, and then their act their actions kind of go veer off to the right. So they're really transactional. They're headaches. They're dealing with you know, contractors, property managers, cost of materials, tenants, um, inspectors, appraisers, banks. So that's that's that problem. So for years, I was flipping, fixing and flipping a lot of properties. I was doing anywhere from 30 to 50 properties at a time. We're looking to fix and flip, um, become a true headache. I was working, you're working 80, 100 hours a week doing that. That's not ultimately going to live the lifestyle you want to live. What you want to do is you want to create passive income. So I I, I made that turn and we talk a lot about why I made that turn. It was just, you know, to live a better life, to live the life I wanted. We made the turn and started going to passive income and, and created a, a mass amount of, uh, you know, passive income portfolio. It could be from private lending. It could be syndications. 
It could be from rental properties, single families. It could be seller finance notes is a big thing for me, right? So I work a lot with investors creating seller finance notes for them in, in emerging markets. So that could be, and we're in some of the same markets, but it could be, I, I, I'm all over the United States in different emerging markets. So that's really, you know, um, summarizing where I came from. And the rest of the book, it talks more about how to do the business from how to raise private money, how to find deals, how to build a team, how to create seller finance notes, talks about partials, talks about hypothecation, which means you, once you own the note, you own the gold. You could borrow off that note. You could sell the note. You could sell payments with that note. You control your destiny with that. And you really don't have any headaches at all because um, if you have a mortgage, as you know, if something breaks, you don't call your bank and say, Mr. or Mrs. Banker, I can't pay you because my toilet bowl broke. Yeah. Uh, so we still get paid. They do, the, they do the heavy lifting. We still get paid. We don't get paid as much. But if you do it right, you could have your money back in 12 to 18 months and you could do it over and over and over again. Okay. So I'm guessing there's a whole other side to this business because I know you do the uh, money raising side. So how does this, I think I had a pretty idea, good idea in my head, but kind of tell me how this whole works. I, I'm guessing, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to guess at this. Maybe I'll just let you go. <laughs> uh, so as far as what, as far as raising private money? Yeah. So what I was kind of thinking how the business works. So I, I, I was, I'll say what I was thinking. So I'm guessing you do like something where you raise money, you do like a renovation of some sort, and then you can sell or finance the note. And then you do, you do it as to the homeowner or to an investor or something like that. Is that, that great, kind of great business? Question. Great yeah. question. Back, back before 2010, I was doing seller financing to homeowners. Mm -hmm. um, now I generally don't do it. 98% of my deals are, are to investors. Uh, there's multiple reasons. Yep. One is in the United States, we have Dodd-Frank and CFPB. There are pretty tight regulations on seller financing deals to homeowners. Right? And, and the regulations are you have to make sure the homeowner can afford the property. So they, they really watch those interest rates. Um, you have to underwrite the homeowner. A lot of these homeowners, not that you're trying to get over on a homeowner, but what happens is if a homeowner makes good money on the books, you know, pay stubs, W-2s, they can go to a bank they, and they're qualified, they can go get a loan. What I was working with is homeowners that work off the books, you know, salespeople, your contractors, your landscapers, people that don't have the money on the books, but they, they want to buy a house. Yeah. It got really, you still could do it. It was just tough for us to do it. And secondly, it didn't fit our vision. Like in 2019, we sold 182 properties. We did it with only 18 investors. Okay. So think about that. I only had to work with 18 investors to sell 182 properties. If I'm working with homeowners to sell 182 properties, I got to work with 182 families that want to buy a home. All right. So I got to do a lot of work to work with one family for one home. So here I average about 10 properties per investor over time. You know, some investors only bought one or two, some bought over 30. And what I do when I do sell financing is I take 30% down or $20,000, whichever is greater, right? So now I have, so think about this. So I have a, house, a property and in a good emerging market, that's great for rentals. Yep. I have, it's fully rehabbed. It's rented. It's and you, you did the rehab? Or no, like, I, you, you bought you bought one renovated. Okay, gotcha. No, okay, continue. I Sorry, I won't swing a hammer. I'm telling now because <laughs> I don't want to. Actually, I don't want to. But <laughs> um, it's it's more. I'm not skilled at swinging hammers. No problem. Right? No, no, no problem. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, no. People laugh. They're like, "How many houses have you done? You don't know how to do the work." I have no clue how to. Do it. <laughs> I, I could build a house and develop it by putting the right people in place. I know exa exactly how to build a house. Far smarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but when you when you 
when you do that, so I have a house fully rehabbed, rented, managed. I have investor skin in the game and equity in the property. So what investor is not going to pay me if a tenant, for instance, doesn't pay them or something breaks a $400, $500 mortgage payment when they have $30,000 down in the house, right? Yeah. That's, that's one thing. Second is an investor comes, comes to us and a lot of investors have $50,000, $100,000, right? So if I'm selling my house for $100,000 and they only have $100,000, they can only buy one. But now if I sell my house for $100,000 and they have to put $30,000 down plus closing costs, I could probably sell them three. Okay, so I can help that investor. It's all about helping the investor. I can help that investor amass wealth. So now I put $300,000 in properties in their portfolio rather than $100,000. Once those properties are paid down, if the property doesn't go up in value, they're going to now have $300,000, which we we know properties go up in value, which can't guarantee that. Every time they make a payment, the debt reduces. So they create more net worth for themselves. So we're helping an investor and we're helping reach our goals and our vision. Now we can take those same properties and we can sell them and make $40,000. So people are like, well, I'd rather make the $40,000. And I used to be the same way. Yeah. But in the beginning, I'd rather, I'd read now, in the beginning, I'd make $40,000. Now I'd rather make $400, but I'll do it a few hundred times. And I don't collect payments. I have a servicing company. So literally I do, when I do a seller finance note, you almost feel like you don't do anything afterwards because you don't know what's, I mean, unless you log in and see the payments coming in, you don't see anything. I mean, an investor pays your servicer, your servicer ACHs money to your account, you're done. Um, so it's not as easy like that to set up, but if you learn the business, and that's what I'm saying, you know, I always yeah. teach when, I, when, I, when I'm speaking at an event or I'm teaching, I always work from the top down. I always work you know, from the top. What is your goal? What do you want to be? Well, I want to, I want to enjoy, everybody tells me this. They're doing this because... They want to get out of the rat race. They want to have a retirement. They don't want to worry about corporate America. They want their spouse, husband, wife, partner to retire. Uh, they want to pay for their kids to school. Nobody really says, I want to do this because I want to make $30,000 right now. That's not really what I get. So when I look at it, I said, so what, are you, what kind of business are you doing? And when they tell me what they're doing, it doesn't meet, right? They don't match up. Like you're telling me you want to do this, but you're, you're flipping houses. You're making great. You made $100,000 this month. Congrats. I mean, we will make multiple seven figures every year, year after year. Congrats. It's not the life you want. But the problem is you'll never be able to, if you don't, like I'm sitting at the beach, I'll be here all summer. If you don't do that, you'll never be able to leave your job. This is just, you, you left your nine to five job to create another job for yourself. So you have to think long-term, where do I want to be? How many years do I have to do it in? How much money do I need to do what I need to do it in? And then make sure your actions Every action you take, take meets your vision. And if you don't do that, you're going you're gonna to veer from the path and it's never going to work out for you. And I tell you, it's never going to work out. And how do I know? Because I'm guilty of this. It's hard to, 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 to look at assets and not want to flip them, not want to make a $40,000, $50,000 check. All right. Well, it's yeah. a lot more sexy. It looks a lot more sexy than $400 a month, right? Well, you do $400 a month over, over, over hundreds and hundreds of times, that gets pretty sexy. Cool. Wow. <laughs> so many stuff to go into. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we talked about how the, how it works the best for the investor. How does it work for your side? How, how do you um, make your money on these, on these transactions? Well, what I do the way, like I said, once you create the note, you own the gold. Let's just take, for instance, yeah. I buy an asset from the bank. It could be an REO, which is a foreclosure. Yep. It could be a non-performing note, which means you didn't pay your mortgage. And I bought that note from the bank. 
Yep. It could be a property you buy direct. I mean, I see you buy properties direct from sellers, right? So it could be something yep. in distress. You pay, I don't know, six, 60, 70% of the value minus the rehab cost. Yep. So let's just say the property is worth $80,000, right? You paid 60% of that, which is, let's just say if you make, make a number up, 50,000 minus the rehab cost, rehab is 30,000. You pay $20,000 for that property. Yep. Okay. You put 30,000 in there. You're into that property now, all in for $50,000. Okay. All right. So that's all in cost. Yep. You don't rent it at all. You have it rented out and you sell it immediately. All right. You sell it for $80,000. Yeah. I now take $24,000 down 30% of 80,000 is $24,000 down. So let's just say 25. Yeah. I got 25 of my 50,000 back. All right. Yep. So now I'm only out of my pocket, $50,000. I mean, $25,000. Correct. Right. Yeah. I got 25 of my 50 back and I raised this whole 50, let's say. Okay, so now I only owe my investor another twenty five thousand, but I just created a fifty six thousand dollar note. Well, let's make it fifty five to make the numbers easy. I have a fifty five thousand dollar note. Okay, yeah. I'm pay paying my investor eight uh, percent on twenty five thousand. I'm at about two hundred dollars a month. Now I'm bringing in about four hundred sixty dollars a month. So I make the spread. The different ratios, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I'm now wrapping it right. So I'm became the bank. I'm yeah. paying two, 200, I'm making, I'm just gonna say 450, it's easier number. Yeah. I'm making, it's probably 460 something, but I'm making 450. Yeah. So I pay my investor 200, I put 250 in my pocket. And now I have that $50,000 to go out and buy my next deal. Because once you pay your investor back, like you said you were gonna do with interest, on time, you communicate, the biggest stress you'll have is finding deals, not getting money. Because your investor is now gonna, if they have 50,000, they have 300,000. They don't start you with 300,000. Okay. They also, they have a hero syndrome. They all tell their friends how great you are at the next dinner party, how he has the best guy or the best girl because they pay me my money back plus six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10%, whatever you guys agree to. Yeah. Right. And he wants to have the hero syndrome. So everybody starts coming to you. Um, th that's really <clears throat> ultimately how you do it. Now it gets a lot deeper when I'm again on, on a whiteboard and drawing this out for you. Yep. It gets a lot deeper and a lot deeper is now you have a $56,000 note. You only owe 25,000. You can borrow from another investor, 25,000, pay that investor 8%, right? Yep. Take that 25,000, pay your first investor back. He's out of the deal. Now you only owe another investor, right? Or you sell partial. <clears throat> you have 180 payments. Cause I set these notes up on a 30 year amortization with a 10 year yep. balloon. So, uh, okay, in a 10-year balloon, you have 120 payments. You can take that 120 payments, okay? You could sell off 20, 30, 40 payments. You could borrow against them. You could pay your investor back. So essentially, you'll have all your money back pretty quick, okay? And now, if your investor that you sold the deal to, right, yep. owns the house, if they don't pay you, it's a boomerang. You get the house right back because the documentation you have, you're going to get the house right back. And you tell it to somebody else and do it again. So I always ask people, what's the worst that could happen? And they always, their answers, you know what the answer is always, well, you're, they don't pay you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the best that could happen. They don't pay me. I just took an $80,000 house back that I only owe 25,000 on. And I'll do it again. Well, I'll rent it. Yeah, resell so it or rent it. <laughs> I'll only lend on, and I only do these deals on my deals. So if you came to me with a deal and said, hey, would you sell or finance me this house? I couldn't, and you understand why now, because I'm only out of my pocket 25,000. So I can give you a rate of 7.99 to 10.99% and be okay. 
But if you came to me with a house and I'm raising money at six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent, I really can't give you that rate because I lose money. So that's why you hold the goal. Now you create the goal by doing this. So my biggest problem now is not even is not even the money. It's not selling off the deals. The biggest problem you seem to find is finding quality deals and finding people to do the you know quality work for you over and over and over again at a larger scale. That's where the that's where the hardest part of, of the business is. And people, it's, it's tough for them to, to believe because they think raising money and setting this up is the hardest part. But once you do it right, raising money becomes the easiest part. And we, we go through a whole process on how to raise money and how to raise endless amounts of money without ever asking for it. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. That's what I literally just had, had these calls with yesterday. People were like, here, I got this money, invest it with me. And I'm like, I can only find so many deals that I can make this work. And I, my contractors can only handle so many deals. It's that that's the bottleneck is to, to, to renovate these things. At least in my business is the it's the renovation and you know, that's the hard part. Raising the money is, uh, you know, if you do good deals, people will come to you and your, your, the message will spread. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I, in this position in my life, I, I like raising, I like bringing the money into deal. I like becoming the bank. Um, I like working with investors. I don't like dealing too much with, I like dealing with certain contractors, but dealing with contractors, you're always dealing with some kind of, there's always a headache. There's always a bottleneck. There's always a money issue. It's you become a psychologist to a lot of contractors. Um, there's, there's a lot of issues that, you know, when you have contractors, you have property managers, you have to now manage these people. When I have a seller finance note, the only thing I got to do, and I, and I hate to sound, say this because it sounds kind of almost like, the only thing I got to do is just look at, look at, you turn on my computer and make sure that payments are going into my bank. Cause I don't know if your roof broke. I don't know if your toilet bowl broke. I don't know if your tenant paid or didn't pay. It doesn't matter to me. And I say that, but it really, it, it does matter to me because I want you to be successful. If you're successful, you're going to do more. But I'm saying in the business, when you talk, talk about this as a business, that doesn't matter because you don't pick up your phone and call Bank of America or, or Chase Bank and say, well, my, my toilet bowl broke. I'm not paying you my mortgage payment. That doesn't work. But, you know, you have a tenant in there and a tenant that, that will break something and all of a sudden now it's your responsibility and the contractor can't show up or the contractor rips you off or the property manager doesn't do their job. It's just a minutiae of things that you have to manage. Um, and, but you make, you know, as a landlord, you make more of the money, but you're doing more of the work. Uh, there's only so much work you can do as a landlord. But as a, you want, once you get to this process of becoming the bank, you could do so much more. You could do so many more deals because it's just, it's literally a little bit of paperwork up front. If you have a good team in place, you don't even touch the paperwork. And once the loan is serviced, unless the person does not pay, and if they don't pay, all you do is send an email or a phone call to your lawyer and say, stop foreclosure. You're really not picking up, you're not calling, you're not picking up any of this, the minutia. I mean, if you take a property back, which you shouldn't have to take a property back if you do it the way I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, you, you know, if you have to take a property back, then you have to get your contract or you got to put it on the market and sell it. But um, you're also very fat in the deal if you have to take a property back, because like I just said, you know, if I, if I have an $80,000 house and I only owe out 25000 on it myself, I have no problem taking that property back. And I'll just sell it again to somebody else, to, to my next investor that wants another deal. And once the next investor comes in and they put another $25,000 down, now I pay my, my lender back in full. I have all my money back. I don't have any money. I don't have any investor money to deal. My returns are now infinite. So when you tell people this, they, their mind just, it sounds too good to be true. And this is what I do over and over and over and over again. And uh, 
And, and it's a process. People don't start off doing this. I tell people, you really got to start off. Um, the best way to start off is really finding ways to raise money and finding deals and building teams. And that's why we teach them that. Because once you own these properties, now you can turn around and maybe in the future become the bank. You know, amass a nice rental portfolio. And then in the future, sell it off. And you know what's funny? When I used to go out and I used to look for deals direct with sellers, my first, I always go in when I meet with sellers, because I, I still do sit down with sellers here and there. Yeah. And when I sit down with them, I go with my bag of tricks. And my bag of tricks are, um, I always try to, you know, we talk about subject two, I'm the subject two guy. I always try to buy a project subject two. Yeah. If, the, if the payments are right, if they're not right, I don't do that. Or I try to get the seller to do a seller finance note. Okay. And then my, my lowest offer is always my cash deal to a seller. Exactly. Yeah. But, but most times sellers are like, no, no, I want my cash. They have no idea. It's so, I mean, unless they're buying something else, but they're so uneducated on how money works. They want that cash right up front. And when somebody comes to me and they want to buy something, my ears go crazy. I love it. When I, would you sell a finance me a deal? So that's why we do very well with investors because we're willing to sell a finance and deal. So an investor that has a hundred thousand dollars, can now buy three or four properties rather than one for cash. So we help that invest. They love us because we help them amass net worth. We help them amass net worth, right? So, cause let's say in, in 15, 10, 15 years, they pay off this mortgage on four houses worth a hundred thousand dollars. If that house does not go up a dollar in value, not $1, okay. They yeah. now have $400,000 in net worth, right? Yeah. On $100,000, putting that $100,000 down, if it doesn't go up a dollar in value, they only have $100,000 in net worth. So it's all about learning how money works. And once again, looking at your vision and your goals and working backwards to help you reach that. So investors that sell off properties, so if we were just to sell off rentals to investors and we don't worry about their goals, we're disservicing them because we're not helping them reach their goals. Right. So I'm always going to sit with an investor. I'm going to tell them what you have to do. Um, in our mastermind, we teach that as well, but you have to, you know, you, you're the one that's take those actions. I can't stop you from going out and making a, a, a bad investment. Um, you know, flipping properties, wholesaling properties. Um, I can't help that. And, and we've got involved. I mean, we have students that come in and we'll, you know, we help them. We'll joint venture with them on deals, um, to help them. They do the work we do. We help them. We, you know, uh, mentor them through. Um, because we want to see people reach that goal. And most of the people that generally follow me are people that are looking to, you know, create passive wealth. Yeah. Um, years ago, I was coaching students on wholesaling and, and fix and flipping. And I've probably fixed and flipped more on this side of the East Coast uh, where I'm at than most people. Um, doing this 30 years, I've done a lot of that. Um, but it's just, it's not something I really want to mentor people on anymore. They are in my mastermind because I have other fix and flippers in there. I have high-end brokers in there. I have node investors and I have high-level money people in that group. Um, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever done because, you know, I can just kind of say, hey, work with Glenn. Glenn's a, a fix and flipper. He loves doing that stuff. You bring the money, he finds the deal. You guys partner together, join it, form an LLC and do a deal together. They love that where I don't have to get involved in that stuff. But I, I like putting the right people in place together and, and mentoring them or, you know, uh, joint venturing with them on, on helping them do the deal. And consulting on how to do the deal. Love it. And I love that this is like the other side of a lot of uh, people's problems. Like with uh, 
every time I'm like, I just had another interview like this yesterday. It just was awesome. <laughs> and so this is the same thing uh, where it's, it's totally different strategy, but it's, you've solved a problem that a lot of investors have. So you go, um, I've taken courses and they're like, search for the seller finance deals on Zillow and Trulia and do the, you know, do the search thing. And you can find these seller finance deals so you can get in. Um, and if you can't qualify for stuff, especially as a Canadian, maybe you're having trouble qualifying off the start. I'm like, it's a way you could go and find seller finance deals and you're you're making a win-win that you've you've built the other half of the equation mm -hmm. that they need it works really well in your favor and it works really well in their favor and it's a great way to grow your business it's it's another yeah. one that i'm like i love it i'm gonna i'm gonna get your book as soon as we're done this and it's it's good i've actually worked it, it's great because we like i said we traveled around um we we've been paid to call to events and speak and, and teach this in a one-day training um, and I had, I remember we did this, it was, it was two years ago at an event and somebody came to the event and a lot of people that come were, were new investors to these events. Some guy came and he had over, over 70, I'm trying to remember how many he had, over 70 something assets in Missouri. And, uh, and he hit us up and he says, listen, I, I own these, they're rentals. I'm getting ready to retire. Would you partner with me on these and help me create sell finance notes and unload a certain portion of them? So they want us to, so we raise money. We help raise money for this. It's a small fund. We help raise money. We, we were private lenders on this fund and we actually turned them over. And I think we did 14 assets for them and we did it in less than a year. So we created, we created these, we got them performing with them and uh, we turned them to sell the finance notes. It was such a fun deal for both of us. It was, he, he tells me to this day that it's the best thing he's ever done. And, and the guy's older and he's very successful says the best thing he's ever done is to do these type of deals. So you just gotta- Wait, wait a second here. So why, why did you need to raise the money already? Cause he already owned the properties. I'm just wrapping yeah, he, my head around he, it. Oh, he owned properties, but they weren't, he needed to get a bunch rehabbed. He was getting people okay. out of them. They were, they were driving him nuts, right? They were yeah. messing him up. The property manager wasn't doing a good job. He wanted to get a new property manager in place. He wanted to get them rehabbed. He wanted to get them sold off. He wanted to create sell finance notes. Right. So right. We, we did it together and, and, um, and, but here's, here's the thing is he only looked at this and I, I got to people, I was like, you only look at this as tunnel vision, right? It's so it's touched tunnel vision. You got to start looking at deals and go like that, go wide. So you'd mentioned that, you know, and I said that cause you'd mentioned, you know, I know people say, yeah, go to Zillow, go to, yeah. go to find deals that, you know, nobody puts up, nobody really does this other than me and some other investors that love sell finance. Nobody really puts deals up there and says, Hey, we'll sell finance this to you. There's not like sign at them. It generally says that. And I think investors or sellers are crazy for not doing it unless they absolutely need that cash right now. Um, and a lot of, I've, I've heard people sellers say, uh, well, I'm getting out of the business, I'm retiring. I mean, what better way to do it than create income for yourself? I mean, you can either live off social security in America or you can live off seller finance notes. Um, so you really where I'm getting back to with this Glenn is, is yeah. create your own gold, right? Originate your own deals, create, I mean, you, you have rental properties, right? Create your own gold. You know, if you have investors that want to buy rental properties, sell those off to them on a note. Create your own gold. You know, and and once you own that gold, I get people in my group that say, "Well, you still have twenty five thousand dollars left in the deal, so you really didn't get all your money back." Well, I could just turn around and sell a partial at one hundred twenty payments. I could sell twenty, thirty, forty payments to another investor, right? And there she is. Look at that, uh, your assistant, huh? And you're my assistant. What happened? Oh, you, know, you hurt your foot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so once you, own the gold, once you own the gold, you can do anything you want with that. 
and um and that's why it's so important and 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 just thinking outside the box and unfortunately what they teach people especially in america is yeah i'm against the way they teach it you know it's it's this whole go to school get good grades get a job work for 40 50 years retire to live off social security um and and you're not really you're not really controlling anything in your destiny and i think they want you to go big in debt they want you to be, you know, um, wards of the state. They want the go- you, you have to have the government support you. And I don't believe that that's true. I mean, at least in America, I mean, you have so many opportunities here. You just got to think a little bit outside the book. You have to learn about how money works. You have to learn. And that's why we like, we love teaching. Basically, it's the two main things I'm, I'm going to break it down. Two things that I teach is financial literacy, yep. living your best life. Those are the two best things. Okay, and years ago it used to be me driving the nicest cars, and I still have the nice cars, but I don't go out there pumping my vehicles, right? How nice they are. It's having a beautiful boat. I don't go out there showing off my boat. It's having a watch collection that most people dream of. I don't, I mean, I don't go out showing watch. I mean, I have it because I already have them, but I don't, that's not your best life. And that's what I used to think. And that's why I'm not taking the thunder out of the book. When you read your book, my book, you'll probably start crying because it's gonna hit home. When I speak on stage, the whole audience is crying. Um, I start crying a lot of times uh, because you realize how screwed up you really were and how you think life is supposed to be lived. And it's not about the nice cars, the nice boats, the nice watches. It's about your why, why are you doing this? And if I asked you right now, why are you doing this? It's because when you get off this call, you get to go hang out and, and, and make your daughter feel better for her hurt toe, really. It's not about, hey, you know, honey, I, I understand your heart toe, but I'm going to go out and drive my Ferrari right now. That doesn't, that you lose the giggle real quick doing that. No. But you'll never lose the giggle hanging out with your daughter and helping her out and making her laugh or making her feel better. That's not what, you know, or me spending my summers at the beach. Now that's, I could go on the sand for free. It doesn't cost me anything. Right? Yeah. Or I could go out and I can buy another Lamborghini or Ferrari. It, that, that doesn't do it for me. So what is your real why? And that's what we, that's really the two things I teach, financial literacy and living your best life. And whatever I might be, you know, if you call, call me and you tell me, listen, my best life is driving the most exotic cars out there, I, I can help you do it. It doesn't, I don't align with you. We don't align, so I probably wouldn't be your best mentor because I, I, I've done that and it just didn't make me happy, as you'll see in my book. Yep. No, I, <laughs> you're preaching. I, like, I have another podcast and literally every other episode, it comes down to, we're like, we're talking about setting up systems, talking about doing all these things. And it always comes back to why are you doing this? And like, what are you trying to work yourself out of? Or what are you trying to do with this? And it always, it goes back to it every single time. It comes up like literally every other episode because you have to, you have to know why you're doing this because otherwise you'll quit when it gets hard. Yeah. And you don't, and you don't have a roadmap. It's like when you drive somewhere, right? If you, if you're in Canada, if you drive to the United States, you're going to have navigation. Yeah. You're going to have a map years ago. I'm dating myself. We opened the map, right? And we lined out. <laughs> but if you don't have a map, yeah. I mean, let's, let's think how crazy this is. You you'll drive to a party, you'll drive to an event, you'll drive somewhere and you make sure you have your navigation work and your phone charge so you can get there. But your future, your financial future, your life, your family, you don't have a roadmap or you don't follow that roadmap. So it says, you know, go south on Route 95 and you turn around and ask, I'm just going to go north because that's what I want to do today. You'll never hit your destination. I, and, and I try to use analogies like this to make it real easy for people to understand. Yeah. But as easy as it, as it is, it's screwed up by so many people because that shiny object syndrome. It's because they see me driving down the road. And that's why I'm really careful not to put, and if you watch social media, you won't see too much of me putting 
Um, it's me living my life, but I'm not going to brag and say, here, look at my vehicle. And it's, it's beautiful. I love it. I'm not going to go and say, look at my, you know, I'm not going to take a picture of all my watch collection. I'm not going to go take a picture of, say, look at the yacht I'm, I'm on. It's, I'll be on the boat because I'm on the boat and I'm having a good time. But it's not about, I could be on a 24 foot or I could be on a 62 foot. It doesn't matter to me. It's just, what am I doing? Am I on the water with the people I want to be on with laughing and enjoying myself? It's not about impressing anybody anymore. And, and, and watch, and I always, I always say, you just got to watch who you follow. When I, when I mentor people, I try to generally tell them when it was a one-on-one, I don't do much one-on-one anymore. I wouldn't I would tell them in the first month, do not even get on social media. You're, you're not, I don't want to see you on there. I don't want to see you following anyone on social media because people will never tell you the trials and tribulations they go through. They're going to put up their picture in front of a boat, in front of a plane, in front of a car, in front of a house. And most of the time they don't own any of these. Um, and I have a marketing team in place and my marketing team, you know, constantly tells me, listen, you got to show your social lifestyle to people. And I'm just like, it's not me. It's not me. My social lifestyle is I'll take pictures with my, my family. I'll take pictures with my family. I'll take pictures on the beach. I'll take pictures on the boat. Cause that's what I love to do it has nothing to do with money. Um, and I want people to realize that you don't need a lot of money to live the lifestyle you want today. You don't. And a quick story, I had a student and uh, he had all these aspirations. And one of his dreams was to take his, his, he had three boys, take his three boys on a camping trip. And I asked him, just why don't you do it? And he was making money. He wasn't making a lot, but he was making money. And this is a real quick story. And yeah. um, he says, when I can afford to do it, I'm going to do it. And I said, Aha, what do you mean? Can you afford it? You want to take him on a camping trip? And he goes, no, we want to go to the mountains in Colorado and we want to go over to Utah and we want to buy, buy, buy. He gave me all these things. And it's going to cost me like close to $20,000 to do what I want to do. And I says, so, you know, do you boys even like camping? And he's like, I don't know. I never took them. I says, well, why don't you take one? I can go, I want to do this camping trip. I said, do this. I said, set something up. It's a beautiful, it was springtime. I said, it's beautiful. Set something up in your backyard. I said, set up a couple of tents in your backyard. Don't go inside, get a fire pit. Camp in your backyard. Do it for a weekend. Go out there Friday and come in Sunday. And him done hard. This is the same family, right? Yeah, yeah. So he he did it. Absolutely the best time of his life. His boys loved it. He's the same guy that he, you know, he had three boys. It was like the Brady Bunch. He married a lady. <laughs> so second marriage, he yeah. married a lady and she had three girls, right? So okay. same thing. They want to go on a family vacation, right? Once again, once they can afford it. Well, we got down to them and I'm looking at his social media and it was, you know, I'm going back and I'm looking and I'm like, what do you, when you can afford it? I'm like, Hey, you guys, he, he was, he was doing pretty well and she was doing pretty well. Not, not rich, but doing very well. Yeah. And I'm looking at his pictures and all the stuff they buy. Right. And I just remember it happened to hit me. It was Christmas. It was like Christmas, but I was just digging back in there. So I look at people's social media, digging back and he had a room full of Christmas pictures. They take pictures the room you couldn't even walk was full of Christmas gifts. I mean, but six kids. Yeah, yeah that's They had like, I remember I had like two grandkids, but the room was full like Christmas gifts. And I said, you know, do yourself a favor. Your kids are older. I says, well, you know, in our coaching call, I says, ask your kids, have a call with your kids, ask them, hey guys, do you remember what was your favorite gifts that we got you the last three years for Christmas? And I knew what was going to happen. And their kids came, and they came back on the next call and they said that they hardly remembered anything they got. And I said, how much do you think you spent on Christmas? And they said, if we didn't spend $10,000, we didn't spend a dollar, right? And they probably spent, and the wife was laughing. She probably spent more than 10,000. So I said, why don't you do this? Go to your kids, go to your family and say, you know, next Christmas, we're, we'll do one gift each, but we're going to go on a cruise. We're going to go on a vacation. To this day, that was six years ago. 
because I'm just trying to think. To this day, every holiday, every Christmas, New Year's, they go on vacation. I get a Christmas card from them with a the family picture where they're at. They change their life, right? Yeah. So they could have taken that money and they could have bought a new boat. They could buy a new car. They could buy watches. They could do all of that, but it would never, they remember every vacation and they thank me. I, I don't want to want to mentor. We're friends now, yeah. um, longtime friends now, but they thank me all the time. They like, they thank me because they weren't living their best life. They were living for things, not, not, and, and it's great because even my family, they know now it's like my best gift is give me, give me, a, give me a, a memory. Give me something, right? That don't give me, I don't need a shirt. I don't need, I don't need things, right? Give me memories. So, you know, my son, my daughter, they'll, they'll, you know, Hey dad, we're going to go to a beer garden and we'll hang out. And it's, you know, it, it's just, those are the kind of things you remember, right? Or, yeah. or it's like, Hey, we're going to go to a show, a Broadway show, or, Hey, we're going to go a driving experience at, Oh yeah, we're gonna go a flight, you know, flight lesson. Those kind of things I love, right? Because it's memories, right? It's not, and you gotta, you gotta be intentional. And I'm saying this once again to impress upon you and your audience. It's all about intentional, right? Um, you know, because you do, and I can guarantee, go ask, go ask some of your family if you, you do this little exercise. Ask them, hey, what we get you for your for for your birthday a year, two years ago? They won't remember. They play with their toy and watch kids. They play with the toy for three seconds until they find the next one. It's that's exactly how humans work, right? It's the flight of fight syndrome. Yeah. It's the here and now. We want, but the memories you'll never forget, right? You could you can go and roll around on the floor with your daughter and tickle her and wrestle with her and yeah. she'll she'll tell you that story for the next five, ten years. She'll remember it. But she will have no clue what you got her for her birthday this year. They just don't. So think about what you want, what's your best life. And that's my best life. And I always say a car, I, I'm a car, I'm a car and a, a, obviously I keep mentioning it, right? Cause that was yeah. my downfall. Cars, boats and watches, right? I spent a lot of money there. Um, but they lose that, you know, a car is great until it loses its giggle and it, it loses giggle, giggle pretty quick. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny. I watch and I'm on social media or I have, I watch what's going on out there and you watch people that, that are miserable in their lives, just absolutely miserable. And they're going out and posting on social media, hey, I bought this new Corvette that just, and I love that Corvette, right? Yeah. I bought this new Corvette that came out, but I, I'll buy it if I don't, you know, I'm in a situation where I could buy it now, yeah. but I still get a little weird because I'm like, am I falling back into that where I'm going to enjoy the vet, but it's a two-seater. I can't put my kids in there. I can't put my grandson in there. So really, am I going to enjoy it if I can't go out with them in it? No, I'd rather have something that I can enjoy because my ultimate goal is how do I put five to seven people in my vehicle and take them to the beach and hang out on the sand all day and have fun. Right. That's really, and that's kind of, and I'm simplifying it for a reason because I'm sure you could take the story I'm giving you and you can put it into your daily life and figure out, man, am I really, and it's hard. You look in the mirror. I used to tell, tell people the same thing. It's like, you know, my mentor, cause I, you know, if you don't have a mentor, you should have a mentor. If your mentor doesn't have a mentor, probably not the right person because nobody can do it all on their own. Um, my mentor had an assignment for us once years ago. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Yep. My wife still hasn't done it. He says, you know, I, and I, I'm this tough guy that played football and I always think I'm, I'm strong, you know, but things, things like this will really choke you up and make you start cheering up. And he says, you know, we were at an event. He says, go home and write you and your wife to everybody, you and your spouse, partner, if you're here with somebody, go home and write your eulogy. What would people say about you at your funeral? And that smacked me in the face like a ton of bricks. And really, I had nothing other than 
I could make money. I was a great provider. You know, I was, I was, but I was never really there for them. Right. I was never really there. Right. Yeah. Nobody could say that. Like nobody would say like he was, my dad was always there. Like, you know, just me there for them meant supporting them financially. Right. Because I was making, you know, flipping 40, 50, 60 houses a year, every year for literally nine years, almost nine years straight. And I'm making anywhere from 50 to 80,000 minimum a house. So I'm making multiple seven figures. So I could buy those nice things that made, made me think I was successful. But really success was not that. Success was being there. So you do exercises like that. Um, it really gets humbling to you. And you, you know, and that's why I say to people, you know, nobody's gonna say, oh, he was a great guy. He had a Ferrari. Nobody cares about that, right? No. That, that, what is your daughter gonna say? If you, if you now have to work 100 hours a week because you need to pay for that Ferrari, and you're not there for her when she hurts her foot. That's a problem. You know, she didn't say my dad only cared about his nice Ferrari. He drove a nice car. And is that really what you want people to say at your funeral? So as, as, as crazy as it sounds, you got to do exercises like this. So now anytime somebody brings a deal to me, I look at things like that. Is it going to take away from my vision? And take what you know, and you can create that. And that's why we talk about, you know, if you're fixing a flip and if you're wholesaling, like when people come to me to lend the money on a deal, I, my, my, a lot of times my question is, why not just keep the deal? Why don't you keep the deal? And I, I can make more money if they sell it off to me, but why not keep the deal? Well, you know, well, if you don't know how to do it, then why not come to me and say, hey, would you join venture with me? I'll put up the money you teach me and we'll do the deal together. Like why get away from it? Because you want to make twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. And then when you get taxed on it, you really make twenty, thirty thousand, $30,000. And then next month, you don't have that twenty, thirty thousand. $30,000. You have to go do it again and again and again. And you never get the fix your daughters to help your daughter with her toe and, and spend time with her, right? Or go on that camping trip in your backyard with your kids or go on a family vacation so the $10,000 in Christmas gifts. So it, it, it you know, it, the one thing I could tell you about when, when we work with people, you know, we, we're a little different than everyone else. Cause I, I've gone to masterminds and they're like, go, go up front. How many deals are you going to do this year? It's like, that's their level of, that's their level of how good you've done, how many deals you've done. Or how much money are you going to make this they year? They want to borrow of some kind, yeah. yeah. Yeah, No, nobody's going to say how much time you have. You know, when I sit down, I'll ask you, when I do my live events, we go around the room. First thing I say, well, what is your goal? What is your vision? Okay, and it's not, nothing there is about how many deals you're going to do. And then we back it out to how many deals you have to do. But if you're doing deals, you know, if you tell me you have to make $10,000 a month and I'm making $400 per deal, well, I know right away you need to do 50 deals. How much time do you have to do it? Well, I have five years to do it. All right, we need 10 deals a year for five years. And that's how we back it out. Okay, now how do we get those, those, now how do we get those 10 deals a year for five years? How much money do you need for 10 deals a year for five? Because if you do that, like we've raised $10 million in new money, and you, I'm sorry, $30 million in new money, and use it over $200 million in velocity. And people think, and I say 10 million, people think you need at least 10 million, but you don't. Because if you're buying yourself a 30, 40, 50, let's say you're all in on a property for 50,000. How many can you do at a time? We just said the hardest thing is contractors getting the deals. So maybe you could do three at a time, but as you're doing three, you're selling off one to buy the next one, selling off one to buy the next one. So really you can get away with probably a hundred to $200,000 and start reaching your vision, start hitting your goal. But everybody wants it like this. They want it tomorrow and they don't yeah. think backwards, right? But if you start thinking backwards, you, you can hit your goals. And the other thing is if you start thinking about what you really need, because if you, you know, go, you have a group gun, or, you know, you have people that follow you, ask them how much money you think you need to live the life you want to live. People in, in three seconds will give you a number. Yep. And those same people in three seconds have never thought about it. 
because I get 10, 20, 30,000 a month all the time. That's the numbers I get. And I know right then when I start asking, why do you need that kind of money? They have no idea. They don't even know what their expenses are. They don't know what they need. And they think they need that kind of money because they want to, you know, go on vacation. They want to have a boat. They want to have a car. They have no idea. How do you, how much money do you need right now to live the lifestyle that would make you doing what you're doing right now, sitting home, hanging out with your daughter, doing a podcast and be able to hang out with her after this? How much money do you need to, need to do that? Probably not much. You, no. you, you cover your housing expenses, food, vacation here and there. You don't need much. So why do you, why are you putting that off? Let's reach that goal. How do we reach that goal? Let's work backwards. How much do you make per deal? How many deals do you need to make? Uh, I'm going to cut you off just because I want to keep this under an hour, but yeah. we could probably sit here and talk for the entire day. Um, oh, yeah. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, if people want to track you down, where's the good spot to find you? Um, well, two things I'll give them. I always, when I speak at live events, I give them a free giveaway. Sure. Live events. So they can go to passivewealthacademy.com forward slash 42K. So 42K. Yeah. Um, so passivewealthacademy.com forward slash 42K. Um, that's a free cheat sheet. So they can read up. I, I wrote that myself. So they can give them a cheat sheet. Um, they can go to, don't go to my personal Facebook page because we keep hitting that 5,000 friend limit. So go to my group page, become a real estate investor with Dan Zatowski. So that's our group. It's our free group page. And if you go to YouTube, we're on YouTube under Zatowski Capital Management. We have some videos and some of the stuff we do. We're starting to load more of our videos over to there. Um, but if you go to our, our, our group page on Facebook, you get that free cheat sheet for yourself. Or you go to YouTube, you'll be able to follow us. And we got a lot of cool stuff on there, a lot of content on there, free content on there. And uh, we're, we're hoping to help you uh, reach your goals. That's really what it's about. Awesome. I'll throw that stuff in the show notes. So if someone wants to quick links to get there, I'll make it easy for them. Cool. And the, the book is, once again, Passive to Prosperous. Get that book. You'll love it. Just yep. focus on my why. That's really most important. And then how to do my business is in that book. It's an easy read. We made sure of that. Cool. I'm going to get that this afternoon. That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming to the show, Dan. Thanks for having me, Glenn. It was awesome catching up with you.